Hello and welcome to The Bibble Babes, your podcast for analyzing the Barbie cinematic universe. I'm Gabby. And I'm Catherine. And we're your Bibble Babes. On today's episode, we're moving on to possibly the worst movie in the BCU, The Barbie Diaries. This movie is so bad. It's horrible. That when I saw a tick, like, you know, there's that huge barbie chest box thing you can get of all of like the dvds of the barbie movies in the bcu yeah this movie is not in there because it's so bad nobody wants it to be in there it is 70 minutes long and it felt like four hours we had to watch it in three separate sittings because it is so hard to get through criminal horrible immediately jail oof So the Barbie Diaries is the first Barbie movie to break from the fantasy mold, which was a choice that they should not have made. It debuted on Nickelodeon on April 30th, 2006, and then came out on DVD on May 9th, 2006. I also believe that this is their first movie to not come out on VHS, if you care about that. It features the voice talent of Kelly Sheridan as Barbie. And that's about the only good thing about this movie. Um, And this movie is not only notable for its contemporary setting and plot, but also because they used motion capture for all of the animation, which is probably why it looks so bad. That is one of the like things you just can immediately clock about this film is the animation is not the same as the animation of the previous films and not in a good way like love mocap for what it does now in 2006 it was not doing it was not doing it no it is horrifying it's giving uncanny valley and the animation on the hair is horrible the hair animation in this movie is disgusting and i hate it so much so bad like this movie has worse animation than barbie and the nutcracker which came out five years prior like it's bad it's it's just not good at all Mm -mm. the animation is it's awful it's horrible you know what else is horrible the plot of this film which is unnecessarily convoluted but also somehow extremely boring because they apparently reached into a bucket pulled out a bunch of teen movie tropes and decided to mishmash them together until they got this monstrosity (sighs) let's hit it let's hit it sophomores in high school barbie and her friends courtney tia and kevin are determined to make the best of this year unfortunately for barbie her snobby rival raquel gets in the way what uh, that just seems like such a cliche name for a snobby rival anyway also in all of her other renditions of raquel she's brunette for some reason she has the worst blonde haircut ever in this it is giving the little sister in h2o the, with the level of, of of a bull bangs going on that's bad <laughs> so for just a little exposition here barbie is a part of a garage band and wants to become the news anchor for her school's student news club like they couldn't even choose one goal for her to have which i guess is accurate to like the high school experience but for a plot it just feels messy 
Yeah, they, she just had so much going on. It's it's like kind of like, you know how when you like live out your actual life, you're like, this would be a really terrible movie because the plot is just so convoluted and there's so much happening at once that like I myself living it can't keep track of it. So there's no way the person watching this hypothetical film would be able to keep track of it. It's like that, but they actually made it a movie. And it's horrible. It is so bad. It's all over the place. So, unfortunately for Barbie, Raquel beats her to the punch by becoming the news anchor. And Barbie is forced to become Raquel's assistant. And by assistant, she's basically Raquel's ghostwriter because Barbie is doing all the actual research and writing. And then Raquel is just claiming it as her own. But also, she has to bring Raquel coffee. It just sucks all around. And the reason for her not getting the news anchorship, according to her student news teacher, is that she's just not daring and unique enough because in this movie barbie is boring she's basic basically basic she is hashtag basic also can you imagine like your teacher telling you no you you don't get to have this thing that you've worked really hard for even though i've probably seen all of your like article assignments that you've given me over the years because i think you basic what (laughs) what it's so bad it's so awful So it's made even worse considering that Raquel is dating Todd, who Barbie has a crush on. Barbie often wonders how a guy like Todd could wind up with someone as cruel and conceited as Raquel. But lucky for Barbie, Raquel dumps Todd and Barbie and Todd start to hang out. It just, it happens. It just just happens. There's no, it just happens. Nothing there. Nothing, nothing. We get nothing. Also, what kind of name is Todd? This film is bland in every aspect. And I think that's what like makes the names the most like upsetting. Even though they're like regular names, like everything about this movie is it's Raquel and Todd. <laughs> Todd. And like the only other Todd in Barbie Canon is like Kelly's twin brother. Which is just not this Todd. I don't know who this Todd is, but I don't really care about him, and he has no personality, so does it really matter? He's bland. He's bland. He's Zac Efron eating a singular piece of white sandwich bread Aww. in High School Musical bland. That is too cruel to Zac Efron. Because <laughs> at least Zac Efron wasn't animated using mocap in 2006. True. True. Barbie thinks her dreams have come true when Todd asks her to homecoming. After, like, hanging out for, like, once when he just got dumped. Todd moves fast. What you gonna say? She's so excited that she and her friends rushed to the mall to pick out dresses. Hashtag remember when malls were still alive and not totally abandoned? 2006 things, I guess. So, it's at the mall. When they then see Todd and Raquel have gotten back together, they've only been broken up for like one day. So like, I don't, I don't know. What's Todd doing? Todd apparently will go out with whatever woman asks him to. He's he's like a pushover. He is. And it's so like Barbie is literally wasting her time on this man because yes. she just like is crushing on him so hard that like when they hang out or whatever she starts like dipping on her actual friends or whatever like and then he just he turns around and then goes like starts talking to Raquel again because he's just he sucks any backbone he has no backbone he's not a Ken doll he's a rag doll 
Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, this means that Bobby no longer has a date to homecoming, which is the end of the world. Clearly. Clearly. Devastated, Barbie decides not to buy the dress. Seeing this all go down, a mysterious salesperson named Stephanie that no further explanation is ever given about how this thing happens, none whatsoever, offers a trio of girls free charm bracelets and gives them advice. For Barbie, for some reason, her little charm bracelet comes with a diary that opens with the charm. First off, what salesperson is giving high schoolers free shit? The magical kind who shows up after your newly found date to homecoming immediately drops you for his ex-girlfriend who dumped him yesterday, clearly. Even though this is the real world. I know there was meant to be some lesson about, you know, manifesting things and like what you look for and that you're your own worst enemy, maybe. There was so many better ways they could have gone about that than strange salesperson gives her a diary. I know like getting a diary is a big teen drama trope. I mean, princess diaries, um, dork diaries, diaries of the wimpy kid, anything else with a diary in it. Heck, the Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, like, <laughs> diaries are all over the places. We get it, but, like, this is such a weird way to introduce that into the plot. It's- Yes. And it sucks, so. <laughs> also, can we talk, like, we're going over the plot. It is so important to me that the people listening know that not only is this just truly the worst plot point ever- but it's, like, used as an excuse for Barbie to narrate what's happening. Yes. Like, as she, like, writes out in her diary, she, like, explains what is happening. So not only do you have to watch the boring drivel of what is happening, but she explains more boring drivel to you as she, like, writes in her diary everything that you've literally already just seen or are about to see or is more of the same. It's, like, I don't mind narration, when it's done well it is not done well here it's not adding anything they're just like look a voiceover haha <laughs> uh-huh. remember mean girls yeah but like for kids <laughs> sort of vaguely if you also combine it with five other different teen movies they like took it kind of reminds me of the divergent series where divergent just took every baseline trope of like a dystopia ya novel series and then just boiled it down to the like bare essential tropes but then didn't add any flavor or coloring on top of them to make it like new and interesting that's what they did with this except like coming of age high school girl teen drama films they took the tropes of all of these films boiled it down to those bare essentials and then just made a film of that without adding any spice like they're they're like it's just it's like watching a trope play out without anything else interesting like i can't explain how but that's like i guess that's like the closest analogy it's just literally it's like watching a trope play out except it's it's not an interesting story it's just it's like reading the tag on you know slow burn except you don't actually get any characters it just says slow burn and you're like okay okay yeah that'll do 
I just outed myself as someone who reads fan fiction, but that's okay. Everybody needs their coping mechanism. Everybody needs their coping mechanism. Oh my god, you literally wrote Barbie starts to write in her diary as a coping method. (laughs) Yes. That's how she copes with the stress of being an average high schooler, I guess, in Malibu, who's also in a garage band. Like, okay, I was angsty as a high schooler, but truly, worse things could have been happening in her life. Literally. Like, I feel like it in a lot of the high school drama-y things that are done well, there are legitimate, like, crises that make sense for someone to be angsty. Like, things that, even though you're a high schooler, like, really do seem to be a big deal, either in terms of family dynamics or, like, just big events that happen. Her, Her crisis is literally this man. Girl. Lame. Okay, in my opinion, one of the best teen dramas, coming of age book series that I have read is The Princess Diaries. And Mia Firmopoulos has a reason to be angsty. The girl's got baggage. She is fiercely against, like, the man, if that makes sense. Like, the governing bodies. And if she just found out that she is a governing body, and her dad has a new stepmom and her mom's dating her math teacher and her grandma hasn't seen her in 16 years and they cut her hair so she looks like a q-tip girls got drama barbie here like no drama serious contemplation over identity and one's role within the world versus this boy won't take me to homecoming oh no like not to i I don't want to trivialize but like also yes Like, like she doesn't her like crisis of identity is after she like goes through all this stuff with her friends and she reflects upon herself maybe i have been a bitch maybe i have been a bad friend it's like wow i could have told you that from the first five minutes into the film but nope it took you 70 to get here like it's bad look yeah oh god okay i mean there's nothing wrong with having a crush in high school we all did but like there's so much more to anyone than just that <laughs> yes so uh meanwhile someone starts putting love letters in barbie's locker Ooh. and um, trope cliche kachow um and barbie signs her garage brand up to play at homecoming without telling them if i recall correctly she just like tells them afterwards by the way i did this she's like guys this will make us so cool and her friends were like we're not ready for this what are you talking about she just is out here doing things and not even considering the consequences on herself or other people. She's out here doing things. She's out here doing stuff. So the teacher in charge of the school news had told Barbie that she was hashtag too basic to be a news anchor. So Barbie decides to win him over with her amazing journalistic skill by digging into the psychology behind school popularity. But she decides to do this by essentially spying on the popular kids and spilling all of their drama to the whole school. So with the help of Kevin and a secret camera, she begins to interview and study Reagan and Don, the two popular lackeys of Raquel. And she starts spending so much time with them that she stops spending time with her own friends. She starts missing band practice and even skips her best friend Tia's student body president election. Because they felt the need to shove a mean girl's plot in there. 
but they couldn't do revenge because that was like too hardcore so they made up this weird thing with the news anchor angle and kevin's there too being kevin first off it's so bad what news journalism media teacher in their right mind is going to approve of a story that is literally just dishing out student tea to the entire student body i mean to be fair raquel's stories up until this point have been like oh my god the hottest place in town to get your nails painted like okay but that seems legitimate for like a high school news like you know yeah. here's where everyone is spending their time here's what everyone's doing here are the newest trends barbie was out here like i'm gonna tell you who was talking about this person behind their back like she was just like going to like that is crazy mental barbie said i am lady whistledown i will take you down <laughs> no literally like yeah she literally is giving lady whistledown where she's just spilling everybody's tea and she thought, like, people were going to eat that up and be okay with that. Especially not when your face is attached to it, Barbie. There's a reason gossip columnists are anonymous. Literally. She's, she's dumb. Dumb. Stupid. No thoughts. No thoughts in her head. So, as if all of this random stuff happening wasn't enough, she realizes that whatever she writes in her diary comes true because even though this is the real world we're gonna make you think there's like magic diaries and stuff but barbie here is lame so she doesn't do anything cool with this power she just does lame stuff she doesn't like magic a pet unicorn or anything literally get a fancy outfit or like do something fun it's just boring stuff nah like yeah like she could have been like i want world peace but no, she was like, I want Todd to ask me back out. Yeah, like, where's your imagination, Barbie? Where is Crazy. it? Intrigued, she goes back to the mall to find Stephanie, but can't because <gasps> the mysterious salesperson is gone. Ah. Wow. Spooky. Whoa. Is this movie over? No, it's not. Meanwhile, Tia and Courtney discover that Kevin has been the one writing Barbie love letters, not Todd, because at this point... Barbie thinks it's been Todd, who's like, feels trapped by Raquel or some weird convoluted plot thing that she comes up with in her head about why he's the one sending her letters. But no, no, it's Kevin, who has the most aggressive, like, guy best friend syndrome I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I'm including real life on top of that. Like, no, this man has the most aggressive guy best friend. Major nice guy syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. Major. He's like helpful why won't you just date me like eh. like okay whatever crush on your friend or whatnot but just uh, everything about the way he proceeds to go about it is just ick it's cringe like instead of just being straight up and being like you know hey i caught feelings what up he's like i'm gonna slip love letters into your locker and make you for some reason think that another guy is giving you these love letters because i didn't write my name on these or anything like it's just uh eh. Eh. so tia and courtney pressure kevin to tell barbie how he feels but he refuses because of course he does <laughs> of course he does yeah and then 
Don and Reagan discover that Barbie was never actually the friend and was only pretending to be their friend to take advantage of them by getting secret footage for her expose. Outraged, they tell Raquel. Raquel then steals Barbie's magic charm bracelet for some reason, because also Barbie's convinced that the magic of the diary doesn't work unless she has the charm bracelet, which she thinks is a good luck charm thing. She thinks her life will fall apart if she loses the charm bracelet. Okay, why does Raquel steal the charm bracelet? I don't know. She's because she's mean, and I guess Barbie liked it, so Raquel's like, um, I guess I'll take it. I don't know. Maybe she wanted to manifest too. I I don't know. But like the real lesson here was like Barbie was actually the worst. Like <laughs> sorry. Yeah. True. Like some people can be truly awful, but like the vibes that I got from watching this movie, they were never actually like truly mean to barbie they were just like the it girls and didn't pay her any attention because they were caught up in their own stuff which is no fault of their own like they had their own squad and they lived in that squad but barbie is so up in her own like ideas and like self-perception that she's like projecting onto people that she's like no they're the it girls and so because they're like in their little elite squad they must be mean and, like, yeah, okay, they gossip and, like, can be rude, but, like, they're, I wouldn't even classify them as bullies. Like, what Barbie does is so much worse than anything Literally, they do. Barbie is the bully here. Ugh. So, anyway, meanwhile, Tia and Courtney take a look at Kevin's footage for Barbie's journalism thing. And they discover that Barbie has been talking about them behind their backs and spilling all of their secrets to Reagan and Dawn. They then obviously feel betrayed because duh and they tell barbie that she is no longer their friend which deserved barbie deserves that yeah she was literally just like it sounds weird to say two-timing for a high schooler and their like little click friendships or whatever but she was like two-timing all of the people she was like claiming were her friends it was it was crazy like and it was crazy that she was doing that and it was also crazy that it still managed to be boring yes <laughs> For all the stuff that happens in this movie, somehow it is all so, so extremely dull. Again, it took us three different sit-downs to get through a 70-minute film. It's just somehow so boring. Because it's not, it's bad, but not even in a funny bad way, you know? It's just bad. Like, we literally, when we were digesting this film, after we were done with it, we were like, there's no way this is the same length as all of the other Barbie films. No. it literally, It's like the same, if not shorter. Like, this film is consistent with all the other films that they made at the time. And it is, like, swimming through molasses. Okay, this thing just... Ugh, drags. Disgusting. So, friendless, Barbie realized that what she did was wrong. Because no self-reflection led to that she just truly the received wow if it isn't the consequences of my own actions that is what gets her to realize that what she did was wrong and that she was like really mean to her friends literally and if she hadn't faced consequences she would have continued to think she was correct about everything literally which like the character growth is not what it should be this is not a proper character arc it feels flimsy and weak. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get a lot of times consequences are what cause people to turn themselves around. 
But like, it's just, it's done in a way in this film where it's so apparent that without them, she would not have at all, like, begin to reflect on what she was doing. It's less of a realization that, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is truly wrong and horrible to these people. And more of a realization of, I shouldn't do this because if I do it, I won't have friends. Yeah, Uh, you've hit the nail on the head right there. It's she is more upset about the fact that she is friendless than what she actually did to her friends. Yeah, because like, I feel like, so this movie is very much amongst trying to be every teen movie ever is also very much trying to be Mean Girls, which came out two years prior. So like, it kind of makes sense that they try to like, you know, bank off of that. Um, So she's kind of following the character arc of Caddy from Mean Girls, but like in a much shallower less satisfying less complete illogical way yeah when katie faces consequences for her actions she actually does some introspection and realizes that she's lost herself along the way and become this horrible person so she has to change but barbie doesn't do that in fact barbie's character doesn't actually change all that much from the beginning of the film to the end of the film so at the end of the film where she realizes she's been a bad person it's like okay but you're still the same person you know yeah she like she doesn't go anywhere like she's not a dynamic character there's a like she changes in the middle but then she goes right back to where she started yeah it's dull stupid boring (laughs) She realized, so she realizes what she did was wrong because she doesn't have any friends. And on the night of the big story for the school news, which again, why did the teacher let this go through? I'll never know. Uh, she apologizes to her friends and instead, play, instead plays the short film Kevin has been working on as like a, oh, sorry, Kevin, here's your film being put on air. Um, and to punish herself because she's, I guess, has to make herself feel better about being a horrible person. I don't know. She decides not to go to homecoming because, um, okay, sure, sure, Barbie. Just abandon your friends on stage, too. (laughs) (laughs) But Courtney and Tia show up forgiving her and insisting she come perform with their band because she's literally the lead singer. Like, they they do actually need her, but. Yeah, yeah. They also have the dress that she wanted when she was originally going with Todd, but then she didn't buy it, and she put it, like, on to be saved at the counter or whatever, but then she never got it again, yada, yada, yada. They got her this dress. The dress was horrible and super unrememberable. <laughs> like, literally, I think what makes me so upset about it and what makes part of it, like, part of what makes it so bad is everything works out for her in a way that's really infuriating. Like, that is why she doesn't learn anything. It's because she gets her friends back. She gets to, like, have a man have feelings for her or whatever. And she gets the dress that she wanted. And she gets to play in her band in the homecoming. She gets almost everything she wanted and does it by being, like, a horrible person for the majority of the movie. Yeah. And also, she's like, oh... Yeah, that was pretty bad. And everyone's like, have the world. There you go, Barbie. Yeah. So Barbie is nervous to perform with her band because she doesn't have the magic charm bracelet that Raquel stole from her earlier. Remember when that happened? Because, like, I don't really. It's. (laughs) Anyway, but Kevin tries to make her feel better. And he comes up to her and he wraps a broken guitar string around her wrist, which I feel like would be really uncomfy, you know? 
Yeah, they probably don't tile that well either, considering they're metal. Yeah. And she looks down at this guitar string and she's like, this is just a piece of twisted metal. And she has a realization that so was the charm bracelet and it wasn't really magic ever. She was just giving it powers through her mind palace, exerting itself on the charm bracelet or something. She's projecting so much. And that she doesn't need it to perform. She just needs her friends or whatever. And then they perform and it goes great. (laughs) Everyone loves their music, including Todd. Todd and Raquel have broken up again because of course they have. And so Todd dances with Barbie. And Barbie asks him about the notes, but he tells her that she didn't. he didn't write them. And Barbie then realizes it was Kevin all along. So she leaves Todd to dance with Kevin, and Kevin gives her a charm bracelet, which he found on the ground. Because of course he did. And then the two dance and become a couple. And they live happily ever after, I guess. I guess. Maybe. Who knows? Not I. I really don't care. Let's, I need, we need to unpack this more. Like, I just truly need people to know how heinous this is. Not only do you have the world's worst plot known to man that makes 70 minutes feel like 30 million years, but on top of that, I forget which character it is, but they, like, wasn't, like, one of them, like, was doing some dumb shit with, like, chopsticks in their hair, and they were, like, making weird remarks about, I forget exactly what it was because I forgot most of this movie. They were at the mall, and one of the mannequins had a hair accessory, which was just chopsticks, and one of the characters makes some remark about them being, like, oriental. Uncomfy. so uncomfy and gross and just awful. It's like, please tell me that you just put no thought into this film without telling me you put no thought into this film about respecting people actually making a good film anything no thoughts no thoughts head empty so another thing of note in this film is that they play in a band right and so when they play you get to hear the music they sing and are playing and it is some of the most generic basic early 2000s teen movie pop i've ever heard in my life and like i love early 2000s music I mean, early 2000s music is my childhood music. This is, like, just, like, everything else in this movie is just so generic and bland that it's lifeless. I am pretty sure that the horrible pop song from the second Polly Pocket film was, in fact, better and more memorable. You know, the mashup Polly Pocket does with her British cousin, Pia, which is a horrible name. (laughs) Oh, the Polly Pocket movies are special, but that's a subject for a different time. Possibly even a spinoff series but (laughs) another time okay so this is not the only barbie film in which barbie is a villain um uh, a christmas story comes to mind she's the villain of that one but that's a christmas story so she learns something in this one she learns nothing it's horrible you know how like in something like mean girls i keep comparing it to mean girls but it's a very easy comparison to make because this is obviously trying to be mean girls for kids right um yeah. Katie starts off as a likable, sort of goofy character, nerd person, and then she gets like corrupted by the mean girls and she turns mean and bad and horrible, right? And she realizes she's done something wrong and she goes back to being nice, but like she's still been changed. Here, Barbie is one note the whole time. She does not change. And that makes this movie and its plot so much weaker and worse. <laughs> it's so bad. 
in a Christmas story, Barbie changes. In this one, she doesn't. Have- <laughs> and like the like also that came from introspection, where she like you know, of course, her actions were of course having consequences, but she was reflecting on herself and the person that she'd become. And Barbie's just out here going, "Oh my god, my actions made me friendless. I don't want that. I want my friends again." this movie angers me it is so bad yeah i mean again there's a reason it's not in the box of the bcu films it's because i think they don't want to um remember this one (laughs) remember this one they want to purge it from their minds they don't want this associated with them it's just it's bad it's, it's bad like sometimes with movies when they're just bad like something like I'm wow, this is about to be me whipping out some crazy film names, but like that sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl or or whatever, where it was the We Can Be Heroes, where weirdly Pedro Pascal is in it for who knows why he's in there. But that film, Sharknado, stuff like that comes to mind where like a film is bad and you kind of want to watch it anyway because it's funny how bad it is. This is not one of those films. It's just bad. I never want to see this film ever again like we could we couldn't even laugh at it we were just like kind of staring in just horror of like how we were wasting over an hour of our lives watching this thing like we just i think we kept making eye contact every time something like just so mundane happened that we were like this is like we were just like looking at each other and go oh my god this is bad this and like it wasn't it wasn't even funny it was just bad we don't even have an iconic dress to rank I don't even remember what anything it looks like. All I remember is the racist chopstick thing and the horrible animation. That's all I remember. We were looking at this plot synopsis that you so wonderfully like read up for us, Gabby. And yeah, I, I, I hadn't remembered any of it until I saw that what you had written down because this film is just forgettable. Maybe that's what makes it so bad. Is it so mundane? It's forgettable. At least bad movies generally are remarkable and that they're finally bad this is just unremarkable my ranking for this film is a zero because it is giving nothing (laughs) nothing maybe a point one only for the fact that they tried mocap for funsies i mean i get that it didn't work out it was 2006 they were probably going a little bit harder than they had right to be going they didn't quite have the budget or the tech that they needed to be doing that but at this point, they had been using mocap for years for all of their ballet and ice skating. True. And also, like, a lot of video games at this time were made using mocap. Like, so it really is unforgivable. But, like, what are you doing, Barbie? This mocap looks like it came out of, like, 1995, not 2006. Like, what? I would love to read up or speak to the people who were involved in the creation of this film just to be like what was happening here because yeah no no you're right they video games were using mocap and that was what they did all their ballet on and the ballet stuff is beautiful even in some of their like pretty roughly animated films the ballet is done impeccably well no yeah zero out of ten you know this movie is bad when we rated it below swan lake yeah <laughs> this one has like no redeemable qualities some of the other movies feel like there is heart and soul put into them this one just feels soulless and bland like at least with swan like they were like enthralled with the idea of the ballet even though the ballet is problematic at best 
yeah there was passion for the ballet and the art behind it this one there is no passion there is no art there's only a magical but not really diary and pain and suffering for 70 minutes With Nutcracker, you have passion. With Magic of the Pegasus, you have them just having a blast. With this, you get nothing. So bad! And there is Barbie is about imagining that you can be anything and all of these wonderful, insane scenarios. And what do you get here? But A bully. <laughs> yeah, it's just so bad. I don't like this movie. I give it a zero. Yeah, no, you're right. Zero out of ten. There is the only moral to this film is don't ever watch this film. <laughs> um, and don't be addicted to your friends, which yeah, is maybe. really basic knowledge. So I don't even think I can consider that immoral. Yeah, the only moral, don't watch this film. You know a film is bad when the only thing we can say about it is don't even bother watching it because it's a waste of your time. Truth truth be told, we had a lot of fun with the podcast recording because we got to like just absolutely rag on this film. But uh, the actual film is not fun to watch. The actual film is not fun to watch. And so please, please, please come back when we are discussing films that are actually incredible. Because this film is not indicative of the BCU. It is the black sheep of the family. This has been your Bibble Babes discussing the good, the bad, and the Barbie. Join us next time for a deep dive into Barbie Mermaidia, where we will once again reunite with our beloved Bibble. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram account at the Bibble Babes for the latest on all things Bibble Babes. Our Instagram is the place to learn about special episode announcements, suggest content, or your very own hot takes to the Bibble Babes and interact with all things Barbie. I am very excited for the next episode because Barbie Mermaidia is my favorite movie in the BCO. I love it so much. It is incredible. It's so good. Anything with Bibble is incredible. <laughs> we love Bibble. All right. We post a new episode every other Friday. If you're new here, be sure to like and subscribe. And as always, spread kindness like glitter. Bye.